Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to another episode of Letters of Fallen Wisdom, or Lectures of Fallen Wisdom, whatever I decide they are. Anyway, uh, I'm back here with a little discussion about guilt. Uh, I personally have been going through a particular strong bout of guilt over something happened when I was a kid. Uh, We had uh, a dog that was actually passed down from us, from somebody else who didn't want this dog. And we had the dog for a while, but it was not a a very well-behaved dog, and it would kind of bite the children's ankles, uh, much the same, you know, an untrained, playful dog might do that now and then. It was a German Shepherd. And I, uh, my mother got the great idea to leave it on a farm where we owned, where some people lived, but, you know, there was no indication that they were going to, that they were ready to take on a dog or anything. But we just kind of left it there and tied it to a post and said, oh, please feed this dog. And we just left. And we went back and got a new puppy. And we just left that dog out there. I don't know what the hell happened last night. And then, then I heard that the dog just died, just like kind of wasted away. And so I kind of imagined that, that this dog was just left on a, tied to a post in a, some random farm after being with a family, you know, a couple of families, and just left out to die. You know, maybe they didn't feed him. Maybe they did. I don't know. I never checked on the dog. No one ever checked on the dog. Certainly not my mother, who I thought was this great animal lover at the time, and I placed faith in, in her judgment. But I actually I, I can't get over how guilty I feel about it. It's, it's something that, like, always eats at me. Like, why didn't I speak up for this dog? I, was, I must have been, like, seriously, like, 10 years old, 12 years old. No, less, 10, definitely. So anyway, but I, I constantly feel guilty about it. And then I started to really understand, though, what um, free will is about. Free will is what actually gives us the emotion of guilt, the, the belief in free will, that is. And we, have, we take it as an article of faith that we have the freedom to do certain things and that when we don't do them, like, we are to blame. And here's the problem with it and why it kind of evaporates when you understand the structure of how guilt works. Guilt is, is, is being felt by one part of the brain, but the actions that are being felt guilty for are being performed by a different part of the brain. So one part of the brain is, is the is the viewing eye the one that's listening to this the one that can think the one that that one that actually feels guilt is the you you observe yourself having done something that was bad and since you don't distinguish different parts of yourself you just think you're one self you uh you feel guilty for it but it's not think about it like the thing that is actually feeling guilty probably wasn't the thing that made the call to do that action because chances are that thing would not make that decision. That's why it's feeling guilty now. And, and, and of course, this is true. In fact, the part of your brain that made the decision that you're now feeling guilty for was not a part of the brain that is now feeling guilty. So that part of the brain should not feel guilty. That part of the brain should understand that it was the part of it was another part of the brain that that the that the thinking 
brain lost control of in that moment. So, and the question is, is like, how does the thinking and the the enlightened mind lose control of the uh, the apparatus that makes decisions in the body or in the mind? And it usually happens; it gets derailed when the apparatus is goes to a lower function. So, let's just say, like, you're starving or something. So, obviously, it's just going to be all about getting food. And so while your higher mind may say, oh, don't steal, your lower mind might just steal and put, shove the goddamn thing in its mouth just out of sheer hunger. Okay, we've got that level. That's like the low, real animal level. But there's a level in between the animal and the enlightened, and that's the ego level. That's the uniquely kind of human level, but there's also ego in animals I've seen. Uh, it's a kind of full of oneself. You'll see it in pigeons when they start to circle around one of the other pigeons and start to puff out their feathers and, and twirl around. It's the, hey, I'm, you know, I'm here and, like, I demand my uh, fealty. I demand my, uh, I demand this. I demand this attention and I demand this o- 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 obedience. Uh, there's this haughtiness that comes when one gets full of oneself and one's own ego and one wants to like act kind of like a god would and like punish people for doing the wrong thing and also to 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 give back to 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 do an eye for an eye i mean in many ways like the the old way of eye for an eye is the ultimate ego battle it's the ultimate, like, oh, you took out my eye, I'll take out your eye. There's an enlightened version that comes out later that's like, oh, no, like, let's rise above this conflict. Like, don't, don't, uh, I mean, and Jesus was the one of the main originators. Don't uh, strike back your enemy. Just love your enemy. Take the higher road, not eye for an eye. But it's just like, you you, you understand, there's like, there's not really, there's no way that the mind that thinks about eye for an eye is even going to be able to graduate to the enlightened mind. And there's no way that the enlightened mind is going to be graduate down to that, that way of thinking. So there's no way to really marry these two. They always exist inside the human being. Now, your job as a human being, you're only really concerned, and what you could feel guilty about at the very least is is allowing your mind to get bogged down in thought or in some kind of negative emotion so that when the mind is, because when the mind is in that uh, state, the mind tends to get captured by the egoic mind. And it tends to forget itself that it is an enlightened being, that it should make an enlightened decision. That's when most of these transgressions take place. So you see, like, the feeling of guilt itself is often a catalyst to action that later causes more guilt. So not only is it an illusion, but it's also very harmful. It's something that you need to immediately weed out of your system if you're ever to function at a high level. Now, obviously, like, 
you're never going to be able to fully eradicate guilt. So everyone's like, oh, what are you just going to be a machine who doesn't feel guilt and like has no feeling? You'll become a sociopath. To some extent, like you'll be erasing a lot of like unnecessary guilt and it'll seem to people that are that like to dwell in guilt that you're a sociopath, maybe. But I believe that the guilt will be there. You'll have to deal with it. It'll come. But you'll need to acknowledge what it is right when it comes. Because it's not you that made the decision. It's not the guilty feeling thing in you that did the thing. So what's the point of the guilt feeling? It really makes no sense. You're, you have two minds in you. You have one that works according to your nature and one that works according to your ego. One, one works according to your enlightened nature and one works according to your non-enlightened nature. That's essentially those are the two different ways that you're and, – and you can and you have no choice which one takes control. All you can do as the seer is recognize what's going on and try to remain as calm and as empty-minded as possible so that the enlightened mind will be there. The enlightened mind will be the one that takes control in the moment when it's needed. Because when you're distracted and when you're thinking about something, especially something painful, your mind is much more apt to use the lower functions. Why? Because it's occupied. All its uh, imaginings and all its uh, its mental faculties, the ones it would rely upon in a situation, are being used in an imaginary thought-up flashback of some other painful memory. So me thinking about my dog is just interfering with my ability to do something positive into the future and do something non-negative. So if that, if some kind of decision like the, the dog, uh, somebody wants to place a dog out on a farm and uh, not really care about what happens to it or care about the feelings of the dog, somebody wants to do that in my presence, like, I will be present to say, no, that's not a good idea. You shouldn't do that to a dog. So the only way for me to be in that, like, complete presence is to be completely open and not be thinking about some past event where maybe I did that. So you see it, like, guilt breeds more guilt. That's another reason why it's dangerous. Now, people feel, you know, People actually have a lot of pride in their guilt. They, they carry it around like a, a jewel of their compassion, like a, a way to prove that they are not a sociopath and a way to prove that they are actually like a real sensitive person. And, you know, the fact that other people don't feel guilt about these things, like they take that as a badge of honor and it is a sign of their moral character. And I can understand that very well. So you can like nurture it and like, be very attached to it and, and try to maybe work back and uh, be an advocate because of the guilt you feel. And a lot of people are working in that direction. But make no mistake, the feeling, the feeler of that guilt is not the thing that did it. So the mind that's feeling the guilt is not the mind that made the decision. It was made by a lower mind. So you, you have these two minds in you, and yes, like, no amount of like pre-preparation really can always prepare you to keep your mind in the upper mind, to keep your actions 
controller in the hands of the higher mind. Because all the higher mind needs to do is just imagine something. It's just to get lost in thought. And then the lower mind takes over. And it's an autopilot. It's an autopilot mode. And when the lower mind takes over, it's an approximation of your consciousness. It's an approximation of your consciousness which is called ego. Ego is sort of like a snapshot of your consciousness. It's a very pale imitation of true awareness, but it, it mimics consciousness. It mimics thinking in many different ways, but it's, it's interesting. It's more of like an artificial intelligence than it is actually a human intelligence, which is human intelligence has the everything behind it, all the emotions, all the understanding, all the... The, the feeling of other people's feelings, the, the, the empathy, all these things come into factor in thought when you're an enlightened being, that when you're an egoic being are just sort of like their considerations, but they're not like, they're just little factors in some matrix of thought which involves me, 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 me. And it makes sense that your mind would go into me, me, me autopilot when you're lost in thought because it needs to protect itself. So naturally, it wants to protect its ego, too. And that's where all this egoic behavior comes from. Uh, when somebody's distracted, they become egoic. And so is maybe your only real duty on this earth is to not allow yourself to become distracted, no matter what it is. So it doesn't matter even if you really believe that you should feel guilty for something. You need to just get that shit out of your mind because guess what? Some other more shit's coming your way and you're going to need to not be lost in your fucking guilt to fucking deal with it. Because otherwise your lower mind's going to deal with it and you're going to be feeling guilty again. Anyway, but there's, but this comes back to the freedom level. Because when the egoic mind is acting, when the egoic mind has the hand controller, the, the egoic mind is making the decision, okay? The egoic mind the ego mind deserves the blame. Now, who is this ego mind? Is the ego mind feeling any any feeling any uh, guilt about it? No. The ego mind, like in many ways, feels like shame, public shame, maybe if they're caught. But the ego mind, for the most part, feels has very little uh, guilt. That's why the ego mind does these things. The ego mind doesn't give a fuck. I mean, we can understand that. Like, some people just really operate. We see certain, like, public figures operating like that right now. Pure ego mind. And we're, like, fascinated that they don't give a shit. Well, of course they don't give a shit. They're pure ego. So the thing that gives a shit is not ego. The thing that gives a shit is your enlightened mind. It's your true nature. So you live according to that. How do you how do you make sure that you're always living? Because if you, as long as you live according to your true nature, really nothing bad's gonna happen to you. It, all, it, it happens to you because you veer off, and they and they've called it different things. Like they've called it sin. Essentially, sin. They try to identify all the different ways in which you can veer out into your egoic mind: pride, uh, uh, lust, uh, all these different bad emotions, bad uh, drives that lead you down to the to perdition, to to the to the lower mind. Because why? Because when you engage in them you have to think so much to cover your tracks, to to justify it to yourself, to get over the fact that you're actually feeling that, that you are feeling guilty about it because 
your uh, your higher mind will fluctuate in and out when you're doing something bad, and they will tend to feel guilt, and then that will interfere with your ability to do what your ego needs to do. They're always in conflict, especially if you're going back and forth between them, and and that's why most people are going back and forth between them. They they jump back, and they catch themselves, and they're like, oh, okay, I was being a dick, like I was I was wrong. They apologize. They catch themselves, but they're, they they realize they fell in there. Like, really, what you want to be is like out, is far out of there for as much time as you possibly can. So how do you know when you're dipping into the lower mind? Well, you'll know because you'll start daydreaming. Daydreaming is the clear sign that your lower mind is now operating your action. Now, some people say entertainment. Entertainment is another way of... of I, I look at more entertainment as as distracting your um, your higher mind from going into daydreaming. But I guess if you're distracted with entertainment, maybe your lower mind is in control too. I haven't found that because if you're present in the moment, I can. I look. Here's the here's the difference. You ever watch something on TV and because you were lost in thought, you like missed the whole fucking thing? Well, that's essentially the same thing as just being in reality and being lost in thought. You miss everything. You're on autopilot. So you know you're on autopilot not all the time when you're watching entertainment, but when you're not thinking about and when you're not invested in and when you're not present with that entertainment, yes, you are in, in another mode. And when you're in that mode, you're you're bound to fuck up, okay? It's like driving on autopilot. It's bound to run some pedestrian over because that's just the way it is, I mean, with autopilot. Like, it doesn't sense everything that a human does. And it will eventually crash into something and cause a huge, disgusting guilt to develop within you. So anyway. So you, so you understand that, like, because the... The two different sides of the mind, the two, these two different minds, they can take control. Neither is free to do anything except that which would satisfy it. So this idea of like free choice, either you're going to do the enlightened thing or you're going to do the egoic thing. Neither is a free choice. Because once you are in the higher mind, you have you will you will make no other decision but the good choice. And once you are in the lower mind, you will make no other decision but the egoic choice. Sometimes the egoic choice will match up with the good choice, and you'll get lucky. But it's a very dangerous game to play to play around in the egoic mind. Now, what is the main main thing that gets you into the egoic mind? Negative emotion. Negative emotions come mainly from your higher mind evaluating the actions of your lower mind and getting upset, feeling a certain way about it, a way that's distracting. So then that feeling distracts your higher mind. Your higher mind decides, let me engage the autopilot, which is the ego mind, while I ruminate on this problem because it wants to give all its faculties to this very sensitive issue. Now, we, the 
course, we've, we've gone over the best way to interrupt this downfall, to interrupt this going into autopilot, and that is to take the one huge breath and then two more after that, like inside. As much air as you can fit into your lungs, hold it for a little bit, and then just blow out. And then try to breathe deeply from then on. It will reset you. It will bring you back into a neutral state from where you can float naturally up to the higher mind. Anytime some kind of guilt starts to rack your brain, remember, that's autopilot, that's ego mind engaging. That's ego mind coming on. So why don't you just disengage it? Because it's better not to have that uh, that mode on while you're driving. Um, if you have any kind of like regret about what you did, or regret, or also about, um, let's just say you got into a fight with somebody and you're trying to do some self-justifying, you're trying to do stuff like, well, you know, I was right in that fight because uh, blah blah blah. That right there is you going in to ego mind autobot. Uh, just anything that is really like depressing if you start thinking about somebody's health that maybe you're worried about or start worrying about their death or whatever if, even if you lament somebody has died so like dwelling on somebody that somebody has died and that maybe you didn't do enough and all these the, the different um, emotions that come around death like maybe I, I should have spent more time with them but and even though you, you see your parents, like, you know, you, you feel like you should spend more time with them because they're getting older. And you just feel like you start to get that melancholy, that, that going, to, going to autopilot. Want to be there? You got to ask yourself. So try to stay out of it. Just like whatever it takes. I mean, but, you under, but I think the main thing that it takes is just the understanding that the thing that's feeling the guilt is not the thing that did the thing. And the thing that did the thing, the thing that did the bad thing for which you feel guilt, can't feel guilt. So it will never feel that guilt. So you can't shame it. You can't talk bad to it, like, in your side of your head. You shouldn't have done that. It will never fucking hear you. It will never fucking hear the you that feels guilty. The you that didn't do it. And even if it did do it, wouldn't have been the you that's thinking about it really is fault because there's no such thing as a free will. Now, I've talked about this early in earlier shows, but this is just a final point. There's no free will. How could there be? Every single thing in this universe from the Big Bang until now has been a caused cause, right? And yet, our theologians have given us this idea of an uncaused cause, our will, that somehow we can step outside of this molecular nature and make a decision that isn't influenced by anything prior, that isn't um, acted upon in some way from some prior cause that we can't see. It's a ridiculous notion. 
in metaphysics, it's it's looked at as a, a fanciful notion, the idea of the cerebral. It really can't be established under current understanding of just anything in nature. Nothing in nature is free. Everything is, is acted upon. So we are now exception. We are just in nature too. So we are in the molecular world. The idea that we can step back, that we can step outside of it and exercise some kind of free willing, not possible. All we can do, I believe, is be the sweeper of our minds, is be the one with the broom that sweeps aside any junk that falls in the trail, in the pathway. And some of that junk is guilt. Some of that junk is just aimless thought. Thought about nothing. Thought about something you're worried about. Thought about you have to pay this bill. Thought, okay, you can have the thought, but be ready there with the broom. Sweep it off. Keep your path clear. You need to have a clear mind going to have some challenges ahead and we need our mind to be clear and so we can we can comfortably lay aside any guilt and blame it on our ego mind not saying we shouldn't we shouldn't feel bad when our ego mind takes control we might feel guilt over that but once it does we know none of the stuff that it does we can feel guilt for we can't now some say well what if I feel guilt for the uh, fact that I let my ego mind take over? I feel guilty for that. And I say to you, okay, so guess what? You just engaged it. You just engaged your ego mind by feeling guilt. Congratulations. So you're back. You're back to living by your ego mind. So guilt is actually the worst thing you can feel. The worst thing you can let into your mind after your egoic mind is fucked up because you're only allowing it more room to fuck up. This is the self-generating pattern of all egoic actions. Egoic actions want to perpetuate themselves. And the way they do it is by their residue. Their residue is like a little pollen, a seed for the next egoic action. And it makes it very difficult for people to peel away their egoic selves, peel away from their egoic selves, and go back into their higher mind. It's almost impossible. Because of this residue, you do something, feel guilty, oh shit, while you're feeling guilty, you do something else, feel guilty again, oh shit. And then on and on and on. And then the self-justification comes in, all that thought, guess what? All your self-justificating thoughts, that's your autopilot engaged. That's your ego mind engaged. It's engaged, motherfucker. So, yeah, that's all you have to say to yourself is when you see the the, the, the way to sweep away these thoughts, this uh, invading guilt, invading shame, invading anger, invading self-justification, just say, disengage. That's it. Just say it slightly to yourself. You can say it out loud. People won't care. Let's think you're a robot. Anyway, thanks for listening. Bye.